welcome to this month's Oxford Skeptics in the pub. Tonight we have a very excellent speaker talking about nothing. This is normally the bit where I say, turn your phones off, except I'm not going to because we like listening to your tweets or reading your tweets. Our hashtag is Oxford Skeptics. Just please remember to put your phones on silent. Uh, without further ado, let me introduce our speaker for tonight, Ronald Green. <laughs> You might not feel like clapping afterwards, so it's good you did it now. Uh, you, you definitely want me to use the mic. It, it, it restricts me, but, but okay. Uh, everybody's with me? Okay. Um, first of all, thank you for coming out for nothing, which always gives me a thrill to, to say, actually. But people who come out for nothing is very, very good. Um, Alexander Pope said something about, um, blessed be he who expects nothing, for he shall never be uh, disappointed. So I'm on, I'm on good ground. So, first of all, let me say that um, you don't need to get afraid by what it says here. So I don't mean why nothing matters, I mean why nothing matters. I.e., I don't, this is not a thing about existential angst and that everything is shit, etc., etc. I don't mean that nothing matters. What I mean actually is that nothing matters. Nothing matters. And actually... Nothing matters a lot, okay? So um, I'm going to take you through a little bit of why I was so excited, why I, I am still so excited <laughs> with nothing, right? For five years, I did nothing. Actually, it was very, very good because people, people said to me, what are you doing? And I said, nothing. And I said, no, seriously, seriously, what are you doing? I said, no, no, seriously, I am doing nothing. And I did nothing for five years, and I came out with, with a book about nothing. So... My, my question is, why, why does nothing matter? And, when I, and why I, why I, I don't remember exactly when I, why I started, but I do remember that I found it incredibly interesting. And I thought, looking at the world in, in a different way, instead of looking at things, let's look at no things. And perhaps, perhaps, we, can, perhaps we can find whatever it is that we may or may not be looking for and have not yet found by looking at what isn't. Okay, and when I started looking at it, I found that um, that wherever wherever I looked, whatever topic I looked at, they in some way were going towards nothing. This was very very weird. So um, when I, when I looked at uh, nothing in um, history, and I'm going through all these very very briefly because the book expands on it. I, I looked at nothing in history and the. the history of zero and all the problems with it and the connection with nothing and I looked at the arts and how the arts strive for nothing specifically modern art conceptual art which we'll look at and religion which is extremely big on nothing every religion has something to say about nothing in different sort of ways and of course science big bang etc etc but what they're all doing basically is asking what is nothing? Okay? And that's, that's, that's what made me really, really interested. Interesting. Interested. And interesting, of course. So, um, so what is this nothing that we can't touch or feel? Or, or, or what, 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 is, it, is it absolute? Um, is it relative to everything else? Well, it's, it's, it's such a weird thing. And, as somebody is bound to ask me, if... If I, 
if we're talking about it and if I wrote about it, then surely nothing is something. Well, it, it might be. But that is the mystery of nothing because the more we think about it, the more amazing it is. And it, and it, and it gets. So, um, what is this nothing? They say, they say that uh, we, we come from nothing and we go to nothing. And that's sort of mystical and I'm not big on mysticism. I will um, talk... Well, then you'll see what I think about mysticism possibly as we, as we go on. But... The idea that we come from nothing and go from nothing is interesting in that we seem to be in the middle of, of nothing on, on all sides of us. And we are, in actual fact. Because all around everything, there is nothing. There is space. There is nothing. In actual fact, without, without this nothingness, there, is, there isn't anything. There cannot be anything if there, is, if there isn't nothing around it. I am, I am not this table, and I'm not this table because there's a space between us. And uh, where there is something, there has to be nothing. There has to be. There has to be. There, is, there isn't anything without nothing. And even more interesting, there is no nothing without something. There couldn't be. So these two have, have some sort of symbiotic uh, relationship which I have found very, very in- interesting. So, there is a reason why everybody is interested in nothing. So, that is why I look upon nothing as interesting as something. In fact, by the way, 83% of the universe consists of dark matter, dark energy, etc. Th- this used to be called nothing. People thought... Most, most of the universe consists of nothing. We don't anymore, which is very lucky, otherwise my whole thesis would collapse, by the way. But there is no nothing. But there's, but there's 83% of almost nothing. There's, there's more, much more, almost nothing than there is of things. Therefore, why not look at this almost nothing to find out what things are? Okay? Now, one thing is interesting, that this nothing is so weird... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to separate it. I won't make it less weird, by the way, so don't worry. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to separate these different sort of nothings, but um, there is a duality with nothing in that on one hand, people want to leap into nothing. They're attracted to nothing. And on the other hand, there's a great fear of it, as we shall see. So, in the, in the Middle Ages... Western civilization was held up by some 600 years. The reason, the reason this happened was the, um, the Muslims brought in a new numerical system into Europe. And the, and the numerical system contained a zero. The uh, Christian, the church, did not, would not accept this numerical system because there was a zero in it. Okay, now it's not that that in Europe, Christian Europe, they did not know about the numerical system. They did. And there were mathematicians wandering around. Uh, it's, uh, I've detailed some very, very interesting people who are wandering around Europe who, who talked about this, this incredible system that you can do things with, right? But the church wouldn't have it, okay? Now, um, 
this, it, just, to, just to show you what was going on, that um, in Christian uh, Spain, in, the, in the, the largest library, in, uh, there were 1,000 volumes. In the Cordoba, the Muslim, the Muslim capital, there were 400 volumes of books. So you had Christian Europe that was moribund. It was, there was, it was terrible. The church was holding it down. Whereas Muslim Europe, that had maths and they had science and it was, it was amazing. And it was because the church did not accept this zero. And without, without the zero, without this new, without a numerical system, if you imagine X's and, X's and C's and V's and adding them and multiplying, it's pretty difficult. But it was all solved with, a, with a nine numbers plus the zero. And the church wouldn't have it. And uh, the zero was out. By the way, you will, no, you will notice, you will have noticed, there's no year zero, funnily enough. You know, three, two, one, whoops, plus one. You know, zero was very, very bad. Why? Why did the church, why were they against zero? Because they equated zero with nothing. And zero isn't nothing. Zero in, in, the math, in a mathematical system is a number. Is, it, is, uh, it takes the place of other numbers and you work with it. But for the church, zero was nothing and zero was a theological no-no. Why? Two, two main reasons. Um, one is that, um, that if, that, for example, the, the monotheistic religions say that the earth was created from nothing. Well, there is no nothing, there is an earth, therefore there cannot be nothing, right? The second reason is that if there is God, there cannot be nothing, because God is something. So in um, Luke, it says uh, nothing is impossible with God. But if you, if, you, if you play with that a bit, you can say that is right. Nothing is impossible with God. But Luke, Luke didn't see it that way. Okay, so let me now go on to something that some of you will leap at me for, which is fine. I'm used to it. I want to now show you how zero is something, and nothing can be something. We have here a, an, an empty basket. There's nothing in it, right? We all agree there's nothing in the basket. It's not really true. The basket is not 100% empty. There's uh, there dust and there are microbes and there's all sorts of things. But we say that the basket is empty. If we now fill it with apples and uh, uh, oranges, that's what we've got in there. Now, if we take out the apples and the oranges, we have zero apples and zero oranges. The zero refers to two different things. We've got zero apples and we've got zero oranges. These are different zeros. And now I'm going to do it with numbers. And for those of you who like maths, are now going to hate me. But I don't care. So, 8 minus 8 is zero. 5 minus 5 is zero. Those are not the same zeros. Oh, nobody said anything? That, the zero refers to zero eights. 
And that zero refers to zero fives. They are different zeros. Well, who's going to sling the first arrow? I know, I know, I am aware of the fact that in mathematics, zero is zero. I am aware of it. I just want to show you that zero can refer to different things. It is not nothing. Okay? Oh, it's so quiet. It's wonderful. Okay. Like um, the... Okay. Um... Um, Swiss cheese has holes in it, right? The holes are the absence of cheese. True or not true? Thank you. That's my evidence. No. But it's cheese. Okay. So now, so now I've shown you that it's possible to have, to have different nothings or nothingnesses. Is, 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 is. Okay. Nothing is an absence. This is an important point. It can be silence, and Beckett and um, Pinter used silence in their plays to devastating effect. Their silence was important as the words, okay? Or it's the gap, the gap between, between things, between objects, as we've seen. Or silence in uh, uh, music, okay? I call this nothing, this particular nothing... Nothingness. The, 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 the nothing that you can touch and feel and, and that you know is missing. For example, let me give you a, a nice example. Uh, in 1911, the Mona Lisa was stolen from the Louvre, as you know. Well, you know that more people went to see that space where the, where the, the Mona Lisa had been than had ever been to see the Mona Lisa itself and apparently more than ever been to the, to the Louvre People, people queued up in line to see that space. What were they looking at? They were looking at an absence. Absence of the Mona Lisa. You can feel it. You can touch it. That is nothingness. Okay? My two favorite philosophers. Um, in Sartre's book, Being a Nothingness, he noticed that when arriving late for his appointment with Pierre at the cafe... Sartre saw the absence of Pierre and not the absence of the Duke of Wellington. Okay? Think about that, folks. Um, Elvis, even a greater philosopher, I would sing, but the microphone's not good. He's, he's, sa- he's saying, Do the chairs in your parlor seem empty and bare? Do you gaze at your doorstep and picture me there? The feeling that something that is lacking... You can touch, you can feel. And, and we all know that if you go into a room or to a house where somebody had died, you can feel the presence of that, of that person, that nothingness that you can feel. Okay? And yet, yet it is not enough because that nothing, that nothingness that I'm talking about, that we can understand. But we keep on colliding with that other nothing, the weird one. The one that, the reason you've come here tonight, to, to, un, to understand what this other nothing is, the, the nothing, the attraction to nothing that I, that I was talking about, the feeling that nothing is the secret of life. If only we could get to nothing, we would understand what it's all about. Okay? So in, in the arts, in the arts, we've, we saw that a lot, specifically in... Um, 
con- conceptual art. There was an artist, Ad Reinhardt, in the 60s, he drew, he painted a black square. And, and then he painted another one. And then he painted another one. Now, if you think I was weird writing a book about nothing for five years, this is nothing compared to him because he painted black squares for five years. He wanted to get to the basis of art. And the basis of art, the basis of life. And he couldn't do it. And he kept on painting this stuff. And this is not nothing. This is a black square. You will not be surprised to know he committed suicide. Um, Eve, Eve Klein, 1958, possibly the, the, big, the first one to actually do real conceptual art, had, a, um, had an exhibition in Paris called Le Vide, The Void. And, and his exhibition was an empty gallery. Right? He was trying desperately to say something. Mind you, I mean, hundreds of people went there. They're also desperately looking for something. But um, um, Michael Asher in 1973 um, had an exhibition in Italy, uh, uh, Milan. What he, what he did was he went even further. This, oh, by the way, Eve Klein committed suicide as well. You might be interested to know. Nothing is very, very dodgy. Asher went further. He stripped, he stripped the walls of the exhibition. Right? I mean, this is desperation. He didn't, I don't think he committed suicide, but he died young. But um, let, me just, let me just show you with things that we would not consider to be conceptual art, really. I mean, this is, this is good stuff. We're talking about Constable, right? Now, if you have a look at the change in that compared to what was going on before where, there's, where you used to see everything very, very clear and nice, what he did was he took stuff away. And he said, um, painting is but another word for feeling. They wanted to take stuff away. When we get to Turner, I mean, look at this. This is magnificent, but, but this is... What's inside here? This is not a clear. This is not clear. This is taking stuff away. Okay, um, William Hazlitt, English literary critic, said about Turner. Now remember, Turner is now some sort of god for us. But at, at, at the time, this was it was thought what a load of you know junk. And he said, in fact, um, too much uh, ab- abstractions, not like nature. All is without form and void. Someone said of his landscape that there were pictures of nothing. I like that. But he just, he just, he just didn't get it. I mean, what, what is this? Of course, it is magnificent. And when you get to Whistler, the white lady, this was, this was laughed at when it came out because they weren't used to something so pale, without, without expression. But what, look, look what they were doing. They, t- they were taking away details. They were trying to get down to something more, 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 more in the mind than just detail can give you. And if we look at Monet, also here, a complete mishmash, but this is brilliant, this, this sunrise. And uh, we get, after uh, P- Picasso, we get Piet Mondrian, a Dutch artist, who took away, who took away all re- representation and just did lines. 
And it's a, it's a feeling that you want to get down to the, to the nitty-gritty. And Rothko, my favorite artist, who, who, did not, who did not actually name his paintings at all. He just said, he just said the, the colors. And uh, he, he said, actually, certain people always say we should go back to nature. I noticed they never said that we should go forward to nature. Forward to nature. He seemed to think that, that his stuff was better than nature. By the way, Rothko committed suicide as well. Just, just, just to get it clear. So it is not surprising that eventually, eventually somebody will want to do this. Because how far, where can you go? How can you show nothing? How? And you should be able to. Because art, art is, art reflects life. You should be able to, you should be able to paint abstract. You should be able to, but you can't. You just can't do it. So, uh, by the way, it wasn't just black. You've got, uh, you've got loads of people who did, who did white, Rob Ryman, Ma- Kazimir Ma- Malevich, etc., etc. They were desperately trying to take away everything to get to what, what there really is. And it doesn't matter what you do, you can't represent nothing. I would have liked to put on my book no cover, but that would have been ridiculous. Because to write no cover is, is not no cover. It's a cover that says no cover. You can't do it, you see. This is, the, this is the desperation. You see why I enjoyed it? Okay. And you can't put, you can't have a silence at all, by the way. You, there is never silence in a minute. You can't do it. And, and if, if by chance somebody has no silence in a movie, it doesn't work because people think there's something wrong. Okay, but by the way, even in a completely soundproof chamber, there is not silence. And they've tried it, because what happens is you go in in a soundproof chamber, and within a relatively short time, you begin to hear yourself. You hear your heart, your pulse, you hear things that you cannot get to silence. You cannot get to absolute silence. And John Cage's 4... 33, where he tried, presumably, some of you know, 433, it was a concert of 4 minutes, 33 seconds, absolute silence. A pianist comes out, bows, sits down at the piano, sits there for 4 minutes, 33 seconds, absolute silence. But of course it doesn't work. And uh, John Cage said that, uh, that it's conceptual, it's, um, no, uh, per- performative art. In my humble opinion, he only said that because he didn't succeed in getting silence. So he said, he said it's performative. Actually, it is because every concert of 4 minutes 33 is different. Because uh, when you sit for, for a few seconds, things happen. You, you hear things. People move. You hear things from outside. If, we, if I stop for one second, there's an incredible noise going on here. Listen to it. So, um, you just cannot get to absolute silence. So, when you reduce, reduce, and reduce, you leave something. And, and, and that gets to the crux of my talk. The real nothing is the absence of everything. And that is, is impossible. The absence of everything, including ourselves. Now, the Beatles... Uh, I don't know if you saw their 
uh, Yellow Submarine cartoon thing. It was brilliant. This part where they had this um, an animal like a vacuum cleaner, and it it um, it sucked in everything, all the room, all the walls, everything there, and then it turned on itself, and it and it sucked itself away. You see it very very clever, trying to get to what isn't, but you can't. There is you cannot get to nothing. It is impossible because to get to nothing it means that you're not there, and then not know that there is nothing. If you see what I mean, you cannot imagine what you can't imagine. Basically, are you still with me? Oh, good. Okay. So, over the over the years, over the years, people have tried desperately to find out what nothing is, and they were very very mixed up. So you got uh, Parmenides who said, "What is is understandable, but what is not is something that cannot be imagined." That's not actually true because we did see that we can imagine something that is not there, that was there, and that's not quite right. But Melesis did it a bit better. He said, "Nor is there any void, for void is nothing, and nothing cannot be." That is good, in my opinion. I mean, remember, it's a long time ago. That's not bad. Aristotle had something to say about everything, had something to say about nothing as well, of course. He looked up at the sky and he saw stars and he saw nothing between them. And he said, it's impossible. He said, there must be something moving them. Now, he was right for the wrong reasons. Until fairly recently, before quantum mechanics, etc., we would have accepted that there is such a thing as nothing. But in fact, we know nothing does not exist there's always something whizzing around. There is no vacuum as such. As I said, very luckily, otherwise this book would have collapsed because I'm saying there is no such thing as nothing and there isn't even physically such a thing. Even physically, I'm not even talking about philosophy now, but physically, nothing is impossible. So now, I... I oh yes, then we've got all this lot. Galileo, Descartes, Newton, Einstein, Hegel, Sartre, Heidegger, and Elvis and Krauss, etc., etc., all get themselves terribly mixed up because they do not differentiate between nothingness, I call nothingness, that is something that you can touch and feel and know what it is an absence, nothingness which is the absence of something, and nothing which is the absence of everything. So nothing, nothing matters. And where others have failed along... 2,500 years later, I come along. That, that's me, folks. Um, and I, I have split up, and I've tried to make nothing easier, unsuccessfully, but, but what, so what I have done, and I've shown there is a difference between the absence of, of, of something, which is nothingness, what you can feel, all right, and the absence of everything that I call nothing. That is extremely important. At, at that point, you can start moving. It gives you some idea of what this is all about. Okay, so, nothing is big in religion. Very, very big. In the, in the monotheistic religions, um, I was about to say nothing is everything, but I won't. Um, when God created the world, he created it from, it's not me saying this, by the way. I know I'm, I'm among skeptics here. <laughs> Uh, monotheistic religions say that God created the world from nothing. And that is the most amazing thing. That is the miracle. 
that it had to be from nothing, from nothing. It couldn't have been from, from clay, it couldn't have been from anything, it couldn't have been from water. It had to be from nothing. This is, this is the miracle. But by the way, just out of interest, that it does not say that in the Bible, by the way. It does not say the world came from nothing. That's also interesting. But I, but I, won't, I won't go into that now. It's just, it's just very, very interesting. Okay, this, the idea that something comes from nothing is problematic. It is not problematic for religious people because God can do anything, but it's problematic for science. Big Bang, etc. Something came from nothing. We must probably get to that in question time. This is, this is my favorite slide. Thank you. Um, the the um, Eastern, Eastern philosophy, Eastern faith, have a different idea about nothing. Their nothing is not, is not the same. When I started, I thought, oh, that's interesting, looking at nothing in a different way, but they're not. This is not an absolute nothing. For the Eastern, Eastern religions, they are, the idea is to take away the outside world, to take away all thought, to take away one's personality, etc., etc., so that one is left with nothingness. And that is, when, when everything is taken away, you are left with the truth. That is a... That is not nothing. That is nothingness. The human is still there. So if we, if we separate them, if we now see what we're, we're doing, we can show the difference between, between, between these nothing. They refer to different nothingness. What you can see here that, um, that in, in, Western, in the Western world, Western philosophy, and the whole idea in the Western world is, is to fill yourself up to gain knowledge, to grow, right? You start from very small, or, or religion from nothing, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Whereas the East is the exact opposite. You begin as, as somebody who's got thoughts, and you take them away. You take them away until you become what they call nothing. But as we, as we saw, it isn't. Quantum mechanics, by the way, doesn't, doesn't, solve, the, doesn't solve the problem either. But we'll, we'll get into that. There's probably somebody will ask me about that. This is my second favorite slide. Now, here comes the creepy part. We've, we've, shown, we've shown the two different. We've shown nothing and we've shown nothingness. But everybody has something in common. There, there is no religion or faith or belief or cult that... that does not say that death is the end. They'll all tell us there is something else. There is no such thing as nothing, because if you, you either heaven and hell and uh, souls, etc., etc., moving, everybody tells us, don't worry, you don't really die, and if you really die, there's something across the other side. This, this, um, this, is, this is the raison d'etre of every single religion. That's where, that's where it started. The fact is that when they saw that people die, this, this dying is not good, right, basically. I mean, why, why are we here if we're going to die? We may as well make up something great and say it's going to be okay over, over, the, over the other side. It is, it is but, but there isn't, there is no nothing. It doesn't exist. That's not a double negative, by the way. 
with nothing you can do anything. There is no nothing. Okay? Um, it, it is why artists can't represent it. It is hu- humankind's obsession. This going for nothing. The fact that we can't get to, to nothing. So, it's not a matter of denial, you see. It is a matter of impossibility. Everybody knows they're going to die. Dying, there's no problem with dying. Well, there is, if you're the one who dies. But there is, there is no problem about dying. The problem is being dead, which is impossible to imagine. You can imagine, and, and you can see that some is dead, but the state of death is nothing. And that is an impossibility to imagine. Because I, I repeat, I repeat, to imagine, to imagine nothing means that you're not there. Because if you're there, there is something. It's enough for one thing to be there, for there to be something. And when there's nothing there, there is nothing. And we will never be in the place where there is nothing. Because when we are in that place, we are dead. It's by the way, it's 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 not just it's not just religious people who who don't who don't accept this death business. There's all these fu- futurologists and and stuff and talking about um, you know that that we don't really die and there's energy etc. Everybody feels very 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 good about it because in the end it'll be okay. But in the end it won't be okay because nothing is nothing and we won't know about it. Okay, so I posit something called the nothing gene. Because I see that humans have a problem with nothing. They have such a problem, they can never, they just can't. There is a reason for it. Now, this might be uh, metaphorical, but the nothing gene is what gets us up in the morning. It's something that, that, we, that is in us f- that we cannot in any way understand nothing or see it, or imagine it, or even know what it could possibly be. We just can't do it. There's something in us that, that stops it. It's an evolutionary mechanism to allow us to continue, to allow us to get up in the morning. It's okay to know that we're going to die, but, but what death is, is just impossible. Okay? The, 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 nothing, the nothing gene. Uh, I didn't. I didn't promise you. I should have promised you when I started uh, that I'm going to tell you the secret of life. Then you would have been really excited. Well, here it is. Okay, the secret of life is the relationship between something, nothingness, and nothing. Okay, uh, spaces between us, all the nothingness around the, around us makes us what we are, makes us things, and also separates us. From, from other things. Okay? Nothingness is what gives us our uh, in individuality. Nothingness roots us in the world. Our being is affirmation of our place in the world. Heidegger. But it does so in relation to what we are not. That's, that's sort of clear. It explains to us what it means to be. So, but nothing gives us our limitation. Okay? Nothing is what allows us to get up in the morning, as I said. 
It is not that life is nothing, but that nothing makes it everything. We are, we are a combination of what we are, what we know we are because of nothingness around, around us, and nothing that is, shows us what our limitations are as humans. There's a point we cannot get past. And the point we cannot get past is the point where we do not exist. That's why I, I had a, such a good time. When I say good time, it's not really a good time. I got quite depressed. But, uh, but I, I finished the book, so you don't need to worry. You'll see me again next year. Unlike painting black squares. I finished the book. I put it away. Started another one. Not about nothing. So every, everything's okay. Um, I, looked, I looked at nothingness and nothing in order to look at the world in a different way. That because we all, we all try to do that. That's, that's, that's why we're here. We, we want, we're desperately looking for things and, and people, people always are. And um, I, I paraphrase this from uh, Bertram Russell. Disarmingly simple. The point of nothing is to start with something so simple as to seem not worth examining and to end with something so paradoxical that no one will believe it. I... I hope that you do believe that there is something here. Sorry, that there is nothing here. Wait a minute. That there is nothing here, which makes it something. But it, it, it's not, it's not a, a matter of whether we need nothing, okay? But whether we can do without it. That's more or less the end. I've, I've done, I've had to touch on, on many, many things and only very, very lightly. But uh, there's lots more. There's lots more in the book. If if you're interested, there, there's masses of stuff, and it it just makes you look at the world in a di- different way. And I'd be delighted after break, or or now if you want whatever you want. I'm delighted to receive questions of any description, however rude they are. <laughs> Thank you. Questions. Um. My question is, um, you, quite early on in your talk, I think I wrote it down, I don't want to misquote you. Blast. You said, <laughs> you, know, you said something like, um, that there cannot be anything if there isn't nothing around it. Now, perhaps I'm taking it too, too literally, although you seem to be saying it quite, quite literally. I don't think that's true, because obviously, if, if, I think what we're... In order for, the, for us to be differentiated, for example, as human beings with our bodies or whatever, of course there has to be, there has, we have to be separated by something different from us. But that isn't nothing. It, it, in, it's, well, it, at the moment it might be air. Or, or a better example might be, because you could say, well, air's, you know, that's sort of nothing because it, it's empty space with a few air molecules. But, but um, if you take the example of um, things that live in the sea, like fish, um, they don't need nothing to, to exist. They're, they're, they're separated and differentiated by water. Do you see Correct. what I mean? Yes, I do. But that is, that is the absence of the fish. Yeah, but that's not nothing, is it, really? I agree. It's, not, it's precisely what I was explaining. It's not nothing. It's nothingness. Okay. Because right. nothingness is the absence of something. And there can't be nothing. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. that around us is a lame question. No, 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 not at all. Water is is like the air here. Hmm. It is it is a differentiation between a fish and another fish, and a fish and, and a yeah. rock. It is the space which happens to be water, yeah. which we call water. We call nothingness. It is 
It is the absence of something, and it, the absence of a fish is nothingness. It's where the fish is, where the fish is not, there is nothingness. Where we are not, there is nothingness. Okay. Can I just ask one other quick question? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm the only one, but I, I, was, I was very far from convinced by your, um, what's the word? Your claim, your very strong claim, uh, that the zero you get from eight minus eight is... Yeah, I knew, I, I knew. And I, I'm not a mathematician. Yeah, I knew that was coming is, up. I, I accept the, if you had the apples and oranges in baskets, if you'd seen them, you know, those, those two baskets full of fruit, and then saw, you know, the fruit was removed, I accept that that could be said to be a lack of what was there before, but that doesn't seem to be the same category, and I'm not a philosopher really, but it doesn't seem to be the same category of, of nothing or a differentiation of nothings or zeros as the, the zeros you get from different, subtracting different numbers. Okay. Can I... Have you, come to, have you come to help me or to stab me? Oh, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> no, go sorry, on. Sorry, sorry. I'm just going go um, The way that I'd have liked to have seen that, the maths presented, maybe would have just been going back to using um, the initial slide where you show um, a basket full of apples and a basket full of oranges. So you could state that the basket has 10 apples in it on the left and the basket has 10 oranges on the right. And you can have a second slide that says the basket on the left has zero oranges and the basket on the right has zero apples. I think that would be a better representation of what you're trying to get across. I, I don't know what you think about that. Are you slamming my my, all my work on my PowerPoint? I might. You know how long it took me to do... <laughs> well, you can just reuse the same slide, just put a text box okay. on it. No, no, okay, fair, fair enough. What I, no, what I wanted to... I, I wanted to, if I, I know, I knew the numbers would be a problem. I knew that. So I, so I tried to make it easier or, or lead into it by showing how it works with fruit. As soon as I put numbers down, people leap up because they're numbers. But numbers are only representative of, of things. Eight, whatever it is, minus five, whatever it is. Right? No. Yeah. I was going to say, it, in, actually in maths, um, in mathematics, numbers are very, very clearly defined um, to avoid the, the, these kind of semantical issues. I know. So, you That's know, why I'm not a mathematician. Go, if you were to go back and, and, and refer to it in terms of objects, that's fine. But once you start using numbers, because they're so clearly defined, that those zeros are equivalent. I know, I know. I always get in trouble, into trouble at the point where I put in numbers. I know that if I leave well alone... And just, just put in the apples and oranges, everybody will be happy. Yes. But, but, since, but since I like to go really close to the edge right, and, get, and get people to get all excited and leap, leap up and down, I decide to put the numbers in because that gets people really, really angry. So I put the numbers in to make a, to make a very serious point that, that zero is something. That's the first thing, that zero is something. You all agree with that. Or even mathematic, mathematicians agree that zero is something. Yes? Good. So now we move very, very, very slightly forward and say, but it's, but it's nothing, but it's nothing of what? It's, it's, it's no eights and no fives. And mathematically, zero is zero. I accept that. But in actual fact, it is an absence of eights 
An absence of fives, it's a different absence. What I wanted to show is that nothing can be an absence. And it's an absence of something. It's either oranges or eights. And the absence of, of eights is different from the absence of fives. They're different absences. That, that's the only point I'm making. I'm not making a mathematical point. I'm making a philosophical point. And the fact that when, when something is gone, it's zero. If Bob is gone and Mary's gone, they're two different zeros. Two different things are gone. Two different zeros. Two different absences. You miss two different people who are gone. That's, that's the point I'm making, that zero is something. That nothingness is something. And nothing is not something. Z- nothing is the absence of everything. And nothing. And nothingness is the absence of something. It could be eights, and it could be fives, it could be oranges or apples. That's the point I was making. And it's the numbers that get people very, very upset. But that's my, that's what I do. Get people upset. Yet yeah, no? Yes? No? Anyone else? Nothing. <laughs> no, I can't believe it. Really? You've got we have no. an absence of questions. <laughs> no, nobody's going to ask me about this business about. Um, I thought you'd all leap at me about um, the fact that nothing is the absence of everything, including ourselves. No, yet. No, okay. Well, sure, in, then who's brave that, enough to bite? That's fantastic. In that case, I've, I've done well, if you accept that. People, people usually don't. Any more questions? Before you were born, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm hope your parents don't hear that. But you do not come from nothing. At what point were you nothing? At what point was there nothing? Your, yes, but, bef- but nothing being the absence of everything cannot produce anything. Your parents were involved, I presume. Okay? Okay. So they are not nothing. Right? No, nothing being absolute, the absence of everything, has no potential to do anything. And the, this is my problem with the Big Bang Theory. I don't, don't have a solution, by the way. It's, it's, it's a problem. Big Bang says that the universe came from nothing. I don't see it. I don't understand how that's possible. Uh, qu- quantum mechanics, they fiddle it. What they tell us is that there was... Um, there was things popping in and out very, very quickly, so quickly, like, you know, and that makes it zero. But that's a fiddle. They're popping out from somewhere. From where? It's like uh, the boy borrows his father's car at night and then puts it back in the morning and nobody, nobody knows the car was stolen. You know, that's, that's a, it's a sort of fiddle. There, there's no such thing as things popping out of nothing. However much they try and tell us this is brilliant, it's not brilliant, it's a, it's a fiddle. That the, something to come from nothing is impossible. And the Big Bang Theory is going to come out, up with something better than that. Really? 
not from nothing. Yeah? Really? Ah. If it doesn't come from nothing, I'm not interested. No, no, no. No, no, seriously. I mean, I mean it's, then it's no big deal. It's like, no, sir, I'm, I'm, I'm not being facetious. What I'm talking about is, is if it comes from nothing, then I'm interested because it's rubbish. And if you say it doesn't come, it doesn't come from nothing, that's fine. That's, that's physics. That's not my field. It doesn't come from nothing. It's great. But as soon as somebody tells me that there was nothing, but nothing, and that something appeared from it, somebody have to explain that to me, and they don't. They say, well, there wasn't really nothing. There was something. And there wasn't really nothing means there wasn't nothing. It's a fiddle. That, that, that's all I'm saying. I don't mind if they say it comes from... So it's like, it's like um, the monotheistic religions say that God created the world from nothing. That is a problem. But it is not a problem for religious people. Because that's fine. I don't argue with that. If you want to tell me that the world comes from nothing, that's, what, that's your belief. I'm not going to argue. But when a scientist comes to me and tells me the world comes from nothing, I say, well, well can you please explain how that's possible? So, so you'll tell me that things whizzing in and out so fast. I say, yeah, okay, it's very, very fast. Okay, yeah, yeah, but where do they come from? You see, that's my problem because, because I have rules. And my rule is that nothing is the absence of everything. And if it's the absence of everything, it doesn't have potential to, to do anything. If it has potential, it must be something, not nothing. We said, that's, that's, my, that's my problem with, with, um, with, uh, um, with the Big Bang Theory. Now, I, I, I don't have a solution to it. All I'm, all I'm being, being an expert in nothing, I, I, I just want to know how they, how they get to it. And that's, that's all I'm asking. It either is nothing or it is something. Either the world came from nothing or it didn't. Everything that happened to us before we were born, well, we know it wasn't nothing. And you want to go further and further and further back, you'll always find something, something to, to, to do it. That is something, not nothing. That is, that is the problem. And that's what, I, that's what I've been grappling with. And I've got a question kind of about religion. One of the things you were saying about religion is that the reason that religion was so popular is the fact that we had to deal with the idea that when we die, there's nothing. But now, especially amongst the science community, everyone's quite happy with the idea that we're all made out of stardust um, and particles that are formed in stars and our brains are functioning based on electricity and then once we die, the electricity will be moved into... Um, another form and kind of do you think the the way that science is now explaining how our bodies function um, helps us deal with the idea that once we die we may no longer be um, a living form in the way we're used to but we are still atoms and we're still stardust and the electricity in our bodies has moved on to to other forms does that help you to know that you're going to turn into stardust it doesn't particularly... No, really, ah, but they, they're... Well, there you have it, you see. That, that's, that's, that's the point I was making, that we all, we all got a problem with it. And this new age stuff of us, our being stardust and energy, etc., is to make us feel better. Okay, so we don't really die. We move, in, we move into something else. It's not so bad, really, because it's all energy, and energy moves along, and everything's okay. But it isn't okay, because... Because when we're dead, we're dead. And you won't know about... about pardon? 
Yeah. Of course I don't know that. That's the whole point. I meant, I meant it rather in the New Age form, as in atoms are made in stars. So atoms and everything else is made in stars, and there is electricity in the world that we can measure, rather than the New Age idea of um, electricity and auras and energy. Okay. I don't mean it in that terms. I mean as oh, in okay. electric charge moving from the mains charger to your... Um, Apple device, which is now running off the mains. So just the physical movement of electricity rather than... Yeah, but how, does, how, but how does that help us? <laughs> no, the, po the point... Yeah, but I, I, that's, that's, the point, that's the point I made as well, that you don't have to be religious to have a, to have a fear... No, worse than that, to just not be able to understand what nothing is. So you make up stories to make you feel better. Now, with religion, the priests of every religion, they are the ones who understand, in inverted commas. They're, they're the ones who have the power because they know that, that we have to do certain things in order to feel better on the other side. That's power, right? There's nobody religious here. Skeptics don't usually have... So I can be free, because I've spoken to some places where it's been very dodgy. <laughs> I'm very careful what I say. So I don't have to be careful among, among skeptics. Okay? Priests have power, because their power is that they know what we have to do in order to, be, to go across the other side and we're okay, Jack. That's their power. They know, you see. They know. So therefore, they tell us what we have to do, and we, and we do it. And because everybody, everybody over the other side, it, everything is okay. But when you're not religious, you don't have that. So what you have is, we're going to move into energy. But I don't think that helps at all. Because, so what? When we're dead, we're dead. I mean, it's so, so, that, so what? So we're energy. But the, but the point is, we, we don't, that, that finality is, is hard. It's very, very hard. It, it, it's, it's not the dying, it's the, it's, it's the dead. The, the, the actual death, the not being, that is an impossibility. That is, we just can't get it. We understand what it is when we're not there because we can see a sort of film of the world without us, but that's us looking at the film. But, but we, can't not see, we can't not see that film because we're not around us not see the film. We can't imagine not imagining. This is the problem. That's the limitation of us as humans. That's just to depress you a bit. <laughs> if I'm excused. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of infinity? A lot, a, I think of it a lot. Uh, <laughs> infinity, it's, infinity is in the book as well, by the way. Every, everything's in the book. <laughs> I see. That's, that's, the, that's the next book. The next book is about time, about everything. I had some comments based off that, which was, so infinity, I remember, was split into countable infinity and uncountable infinity. And I thought that was quite an interesting distinction and somehow related in the way infinity and nothing are probably somehow related to your split of absence of a thing and nothing. And I was wondering whether a countable absence 
which is eight oranges aren't there or my wife is not there versus an uncountable absence as in nothing was perhaps another way of imagining your split of nothingness and nothing and whether or not that might be easier to, to comprehend because I find, although arguably countable nothing and uncountable nothing are very confusing concepts. Um, yeah, what do you think? Okay. Um, there, are two, there are two things here. One is about infinity, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, uncountable nothing would make nothing something. You can't, you can't not count nothing. You can only not count something. This is your nothingness one, is the countable nothing. Well, uh, f- from, your, from what you just said, the countable is nothingness, right? And the non-countable is nothing. That, that, that was your thing. Okay. <laughs> Don't do this to me now. <laughs> no, no, okay. No, no, I get that. I, I get that. My, 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 only, my only point about that is you can't... You, you can count noth- nothingness. You can count that there are... There are lots of zeros. There are lots of people here that should be here and are not. I can count those. That's true. But you can't count nothing because as soon as you, you talk about not counting, then you're not counting something. You're not counting nothing. Nothing is not countable in any case. N- not, nothing is not even, not even, not even. Absences are countable, but nothing is. isn't. Because nothing just isn't. You can't count isn't. <sighs> I've got to drive home. You, got, you can't count isn't. There aren't more than one isn't. Now, infinite, infinity is... I've often heard that we can't really imagine what infinity is. I've heard that a lot. So therefore, that could be like nothing. To which I reply, uh, it's not quite true that I can't imagine what infinity is. I can. If you say to me infinity is something that goes on forever, I mean, uh, basically... However hard that is, I mean, it's here somewhere. It, I know, I can imagine what something means to go on forever. I can imagine it. Even though I haven't got it right, but I can imagine it. But nothing, you can't imagine. Because, well, that's, uh, that's the difference in because, the infinities. Sorry. Um, the countable infinity you can imagine. So the countable infinity is, you can just imagine a string of numbers going on yeah. and on and on and on and on. And I forgot a nice definition of the uncountable infinity. But that's a lot harder to imagine, I think. If anybody has got a nice example of the uncountable infinity. Oh, no, Aris- I'll, I'll have a quick uh, Wikipedia. Uh, Aristotle sp- spoke about that, but about, about what you can imagine and what you, what you think you can imagine and really you can't. But, but, but whatever it is, if you are here and you can talk about non-countable infinity, then that's okay, even if you can't imagine it because you're here to do it. The difference with nothing is that you're not here in order to do it. That's the difference between nothing and infinity. Um, Hang on. Correct. It goes further than what you just. It goes further, by the way, than what you just said. But 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 you're right. You're right. You, but but you see, do you see the point? The point I was making that whatever we can think about, however weird it is, or however weird it is that we can't think about, we're here in order not to not to be able to understand it. Right, but 
nothing goes beyond because nothing, we're not around to, dis, to even think about not understanding it. We're just not here. Now, the thing about an, an observer, you're absolutely right, but it goes much further than that because now, because I'm waiting for somebody to ask me, does nothing exist? Anybody want to ask me that question? Because, because, because that... Does nothing exist? That's a very good question. Thank you for asking. Now, when you say nothing doesn't exist because there's no observer, it goes much further than that. That's easy. The point is, if there's, if there's, if there's no observer, you're talking about a no observer. But it's beyond that. You can't talk about it at all. Because for there to be a non-observer, you have to be talking about a non-observer. Correct. So basically, I, have to, I should have stood here for one and a half hours, not said anything. That wouldn't have helped either, because I would still be here. I would have defeated its whole purpose, right? The point is, we're, we're reaching uh, um, the limit, which are, you're so lucky to come out tonight. You're reaching the limit of thought, because the limit is us. When we're not here, there is no thought. Therefore, it's not a matter of, of observer, it's not even that. It, it just isn't. That, that's, that's the point I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get. That nothing just isn't, and it's beyond that. Really, you can't use it with nothing. You can't use is with nothing. You can't say nothing is, because then you're saying that something is. I can't, that's in the book as well, by the way. You, you, you can't, you can't e- basically even use language. But, but, but we have to, and I get attacked off, and you say, but you're talking about therefore exists. I say, but I, I have no other way of doing it except through language. I, 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 can't, I can't do anything else. I can go that far and try to, try to show that at a certain point there just isn't, but that point I don't know because I won't, none of us will be here. It's enough for, listen, let's say, let's try and imagine nothing. Let's say that you're standing somewhere and everything disappears, bit by bit by bit by bit. All the stars, everything's gone and you're there. Is there nothing? Are you looking at nothing? The answer is good. The answer is no. The point is, yes, the point is if you're there, there there is still something. It's you. Well, And I do like. <laughs> no, no. I can't the remember p- what I said now. <laughs> no. the, po- the point is, the point is, I could fiddle it and make it less abstract, but I wouldn't be true to myself. I have, I have to say, I have decided that nothing is the absence of everything. If I don't decide that, then I haven't done very much because everybody's been talking about nothing nothingness for a long time. And I haven't got far for that very reason. It's because you get, you get to a point where nothing is the absence of everything and I, and I can't compromise on that. Otherwise, I haven't done anything. I had to reach the limit. I said there is a difference between the absence of something and many, many somethings and almost, there's absence, nothingness is the absence of almost everything. Almost. 
But there's one thing is not the absence. If there's one thing, there cannot be nothing. That's, that's the point. That's the basis of it. So, yes, I do have to, I have to go that far. Otherwise, otherwise I, you know, this is useless. Any more questions? Or... <laughs> Question. So, do you think uh, nothing matters? And <laughs> Should I start again? <laughs> yes, I do, because uh, because it what it did it did for me, uh, and what it what it should do is to look at the world in a different way. Looking at things, looking at things, is what we've all been doing. But let's let's look at it differently. Let's look at non-things. Let let's look at the negative of a film, and maybe we'll find what the what the real stuff is. What is the stuff that's at the corner of our eye? Or, I mean, we're all, we all come out in the evening in order to understand stuff, right? That's what we want to do. And people have been doing it for thousands of years. People, people want to understand why are we here? What's it all about? Etc. And And I thought, okay, let's look at it from another angle. I'm not, I'm not saying that we're going to find the, the truth, and we won't go into, into that. Oh, that's all. Wow, sorry, I never mentioned the word. Um, um, but, but, uh, but we might have new angles. People have always been looking for, for what, why we are here, basically. What, why, what, what is this? What is consciousness? What is free will? What is, what is all this stuff? Right? And we've always been looking at, at things. So I thought, let's try something else. Let's look at non-things. And maybe they'll come up, come up sharper. And I was, I was, I was very, I was, I was very chuffed by this art business when I saw people are trying to do the desperation of artists who want to find out what life is about through art, and and the desperation of taking away more and more and more and just not succeeding. And I realized there's something here that's that's beyond us, and then for artists not to be able to represent a concept is pretty wild, and that's. Why might makes them suicidal? It's the only concept you cannot represent. Just imagine that. It's the only one you can represent anything. And they tried. You put a, a black square. And, the, and what have you got? You've got a black square. You haven't got nothing. You know, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. So that's why I think that nothing matters. Okay, so anyone got one last question? Go on, make it a doozy. <laughs> Last question. Can you again define the difference between nothingness and nothing? <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a very good question. Start running. Nothingness is the absence of something. And nothing is the absence of everything. So one's objective, uh, one's objective and one's empirical. Right? Surely one's in a subject. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, one's a model. I think nothing is theoretical. One's absolute, one's relative. Yeah. No, I mean, yep. nothing is the only thing, maybe. No, I just had a thought. Is, is nothing the only absolute, perhaps? Yes. But it doesn't. But it doesn't. Yeah, very good. I think, I think you have something there. I think it is possible. That's why that's why I got excited by it. Because it's the only thing, thing. Sorry, it's the only 
that, even that's too much, it's the only that is absolute. Because everything isn't, everything isn't absolute, and everything is not the opposite of nothing. That's also in the book. But, but it, but, uh, but it is the only, it's the only absolute, and if it's the only absolute, now that I come to think of it, it's the only, it's the only absolute that we can't get to. Therefore, nothing, nothing is absolute except for what we can't get to. Wow, addition two. Yes, yeah, good, good point, yes. You, you, you were saying something about, you were saying something about that was, that was interesting? Um, so it was going up the difference between the two of them again. Line, read the last line of the book and clarify. <laughs> <laughs> what, 